Hello and welcome to Same Boat Huddle. I'm Erin Miller of Erin Joyce Photography and we're on episode 47. Today's topic is a really, really tough one for me. It's actually something that I've been wanting to record an episode on for a while and just I think it's such a sticky conversation that um, I don't know. It's just really uncomfortable. And I actually had someone contact me saying, I think that this is an important conversation. So I'm like, alrighty, they're right. And I'm just going to have to go ahead and do that. And what I want to talk about is drinking. So I think why this is so difficult for me is that uh, I don't know how to have a conversation about it and not possibly offend someone or say the wrong thing. I don't know. So I think the only way I can talk about it is to just be honest and to truly say, I I actually truly hold zero judgment for anybody around this behavior except myself. I, I don't have any judgment around people who <clears throat> hold sobriety or who drink every night or anything in between. So I think I really just want to have a conversation about how society is portraying drinking right now and then share some of my ideas of how to really connect in with yourself to understand, is this something that you need to pay attention to? Because I think that's where all of this comes from is, is this something I need to pay attention to? So this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately and here's why. I like to drink but I don't like to get drunk. I'm not somebody, I, I, I went to a number one party school. I will say that I've had my college days. I will not deny them, but I've, I've truly reached a point in my life that I have no desire to feel out of control with drugs or alcohol. I don't have never done drugs, but even with alcohol, I don't have any desire to be drunk and I don't like the feeling. And if I have a drink or two and I start to feel drunk, I don't want to feel it. So I share this because I think a lot of people in, so I'm 35 with children. I run a business. It, I'm, I am that cliche mom who wants a glass of red wine. Like I am that stereotype. And I know that a lot of listeners might fall into the same phase of life. So I feel like this can apply to you that I just, I, I get confused because it's like, well, how can I possibly have a drinking problem if I don't ever get drunk and it doesn't interfere with my daily life? That is where I start to like where I'm, I get so confused because I feel like there's this epidemic right now. There's two sides and, and they're completely different ends of the spectrum. There's the spectrum that, um, really, I don't know what word I want to use. They, it makes drinking sound funny and necessary to get through motherhood. And to me, it's actually quite offensive and it's really offensive to our children that the only way to like love our kids and get through the day is to be drunk with a messy bun. And that's not fair. Like that's not true at all. However, I, I understand what, what's behind it is that this feels hard. And my whole message outside of this podcast episode is that momming does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be terrible and it doesn't have to drain you and deplete you and make you feel like you can't swim anymore. And I feel like these memes that kind of make fun of drinking are saying like the only way to get through it is by drinking. So that I definitely don't agree with. Um, 
And there's just a lot of comedy around it of like different glasses of like you can fit a whole wine bottle in here and like here's a purse that you can fit a bag of wine or whatever. There's like this whole comical side of it that really makes it a quote unquote okay. And then there's the other side that has so much shit. And when I say this, I don't, it's not, um, oh my gosh, this is why it's hard for me. Like, I don't want it to sound like judgment or projection or anything like this, but I feel like there's another side that is very against drinking. And then in turn, I feel like there's shame around it. And that's where I, me, my experience is where I get confused, where I don't agree with either end of the spectrum, that I don't believe that you have to drink to get through life. And I also don't believe for me, again, this is for me, not for everybody, that I need to hold complete sobriety or that it's bad if I want a glass of wine after a long day. And I feel like there's so much shaming around it. It's, it's, and I don't think that's fair to do for any behavior that you can't, you know, we need to live in a society that has compassion and, um, connection through vulnerability. And I don't like that. Drinking is a behavior that can be very vulnerable. I think, especially for women who are listening, who are like, been, they've been wondering, do I have a drinking problem? I know there's a lot of us out there. Like I drink a glass of wine every night and I'm concerned I have a drinking problem, but I don't want to stop drinking. And does that mean I have a problem? And there's then becomes a lot of shame around it. And I feel like that's what makes people scared to talk about it because instead of there being this like loving, compassionate space for it, there's just so much shame. So I really, Oh, I wonder if we can ever get to a space that can we move away from the shame around drinking. So I feel like the behavior that is out there is that there are women who, and I I will include myself in this, I know there are people that I know personally, and I would say there are a lot more people out there that have a drinking behavior where, so I'll use myself for example, because I only want to talk about myself here. Um, I love, love, love red wine. I don't care what time of year it is. I want it to be dry AF and it's delicious. And I love going to wineries. I love tasting different wines. I love smelling the nose and then I'm no, I'm like not sophisticated at all, believe me, but I love smelling the different smells on the nose and then tasting it and and just enjoying the actual art of making wine and all these different tastes. And we're also big beer, craft beer people too. Um, and I enjoy that. It's, I don't get drunk. And if I start to feel buzzed, I'm done. I don't want to, I truly just want to taste it. Uh, and when I'm at home, I love to have a glass of red wine at the end of the day um, and have had this habit. I'm not currently in this space, but I have had the habit of having a glass of wine. Like after the kids go down, I'll pour a glass and then maybe a second every now and then. Um, And I've gotten to the point when I've been in that space of drinking, you know, one to two glasses a night, is this a problem? you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking every night. What is going on here? And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves in, like, is this a problem? So that's really what I want to talk about. Like what, when is it a problem? And more so, I think what's really important with this is that we don't compare yourself to other people. 
There are people out there, you don't know their circumstances. You don't know the family history of other people. You don't know their personal history with alcohol or what's going on in their home or anything like that. So you'll see people who will say like, I've been sober for X amount of days, but not necessarily someone who has the the stereotypical drinking problem of like, you know, sitting on the side of a street with a paper bottle and a paper bag and can't get up and go to work. Um, you know, I think that we've put everything too far into these boxes and there's so much gray area in this. And there are people who have chosen to become sober, uh, with their drinking because they just didn't, that's what makes sense for them. And I can't speak to that because I'm not that person, but I know that they're choosing that because that's what makes sense for them. And what I want to say to you is it doesn't mean that that's what has to make sense for you. What you need to do for yourself is to really figure out, is this a problem for you? And what, why is it a problem? You know, there's a root to, there's a root cause to every behavior. There's, my husband and I have been talking a lot about that. Like there's this whole decluttering phenomenon going on. And I, I can't help but think like, okay, these people are going to all clean their homes and declutter them. But often clutter can come from, depending what kind of clutter, there can be other deeply rooted issues there. So if you clean the clutter out of your home, the issue is going to be transferred to something else. So there was, I think it was Carney Wilson. Um, I don't, I don't want to say for sure, but there was a celebrity who was very open. I think it was on Oprah actually with her drinking problem that she was an alcoholic and she became sober. And then all of a sudden she became obese because she ended up with an eating problem. And that is my point that we have, there's, we don't just engage in behaviors, especially destructive ones that are issues just because there is something underlying about it. And the important part is to really figure out the root cause and fix that. And that can help support a type of addictive behavior. But again, this isn't a blanket statement because some people are dealing with addiction and the only answer is sobriety and that can fix that for them. So everything I'm saying is not blanket. This is me in my opinion. And I truly believe that everyone can understand themselves in their own way. And you have your own story and your own journey. So what I want to say to you is to figure this out for yourself, ask yourself, is this a problem for me? And really listen to your gut. And I feel like we kind of ignore our intuition. Like I can tell you there's when I am in a moment of or a phase or a stage or whatever of wanting to have a glass of wine every single night, there are times that I would pour a glass and be like, I don't even want this, but I'm just so used to doing it. It's just such a habit. And but I can tell my gut is telling me like, Aaron, you don't want to drink that. You don't want that tonight. Why are you drinking it? You know? And again, I'm not drinking it to get drunk. It's literally like a cup of coffee in the morning or a cup of tea at night. It's that wind down. Um, but I could feel in my gut, like I'm not wanting this every night and I'm ignoring that. So really lean into that. Listen to your gut. Is it telling you something? So really think about that. And then if you feel like this is a habit, that you want to break, you have to break the pattern to break the habit. So for me, for example, I want red wine. I don't want white wine. I don't want a beer. I don't want an IPA. I don't want a stout. I used to, but I, I haven't been able to drink beer very much because of gluten. But anyway, I digress. 
So if I don't have red wine in the house, I'm not drinking. I, I don't want anything else. But you have to be careful because then I feel like what sneaks in is I don't have a problem because if I, I could have all this, I have a lot of white wine in the house and I have a lot of beer in the house, but I don't want any of it. I must not have a problem. And I'm not, I think that's wrong too. saying like, it doesn't have to be this black and white. I have a problem, you know, but it could just be, I have a habit that I want to break just like eating junk food or, um, sleeping in too late or not working out or, uh, you know, not cleaning up your mail pile every time you get mail. Hi, that's my problem. So, um, but it's just a habit that you want to break, you know? So really look at the pattern, um, and find ways to break the pattern. So my way to break the pattern is to get rid of the wine. Don't have the wine in the house, but also see like, when are you pouring your drink? What time of day is it? Why are you, you know, are you pouring it? Because, you're numbing out because you can't listen to your kids anymore while you're cooking dinner? Are you pouring it at four o'clock when the kids get home from school because you deserve that glass of wine? Are you pouring it at 830 after the kids go down because you deserve it because you worked so hard and uh, you know that you really, it's the only way that you can wind down and you can't figure out any other way. You can't sleep without it. Think about really start to make a list, like even journal, like what is going on? Why are you telling yourself that you need to have that drink? And that is where you're going to start to find the root of that, that behavior and the pattern. Is it connected to, um, you know, if you're saying that you can't sleep without it, let's start thinking about breaking that pattern. Do you need to start reading and then meditating at night instead with a cup of tea? Do you, and just remember that starting a new behavior isn't easy. Your brain does not like change. You're not going to want that tea. You're not going to want to read a book. You're going to want to pour a glass of wine and watch Real Housewives like me, you know, so it's hard. It is hard to change that, but you have to do it consistently and over and over again, and it will become a new habit. You just have to trust and have that willpower to go through that. So speaking of willpower, maybe it means having someone who can keep you accountable, like have an accountability partner or your significant other or something like that. There's accountability in so many different ways to help you. So if you can't sleep, find new ways to sleep. If you, um, if you feel like you deserve something after a difficult day, we all have them. And I personally feel like I deserve to stand on the top of a box and have a, a gold medal put around my neck at the end of every day. I do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but some days I feel like I really deserve it. Um, think about what could you treat yourself with that's really healthy? Could it be, you know, as, as the weather gets nicer, could it be that you treat yourself to a 10 minute walk when your spouse comes home? Um, or 10 minutes of solitude in your room with your headphones in and some nice music? Um, I don't know any, anything. There's so many different ways that we can reward ourselves in a really healthy way. Maybe a bubble bath after the kids go down. Oh my gosh. After the kids go down to be able to like pour a nice hot bath and put some Epsom salt in there, some oils. Oh my goodness, girl, do it, you know, replace that um, with your drink if you feel like that's something that you want to do. And then what I want you to do is be really honest about how you're feeling. And this is where does it interfere with your daily life? So coming from my psychology background, um, when something is diagnosable in the DSM, 
one of the biggest things is, is it interfering, in, interfering with your daily life? So for instance, if you're dealing with anxiety or what feels like OCD tendencies or things like that, it is interfering with your daily life. If, um, you know, you have to, you leave for work and you have to drive back home to check the stove three times, or, um, you're late to get somewhere because you had to turn the light switch on and off. 10 times, or you have to cancel every social outing because your anxiety is so bad. Those are things that are interfering with your daily life. So, um, are you waking up super groggy because you drank a little too much? So even though you didn't feel drunk or anything like that, maybe you did. Are you feeling drunk every night? Um, you know, are you spending too much money on alcohol? Are you not getting evening things done because you, want to just stop and have a drink. And then once you have a drink, you're too tired to do anything. Like, are you falling behind on work or emails or, um, your mornings are getting rushed because you never made lunches the night before because you were too tired after have, after having a drink, things like that. Is it interfering with your daily life? And then also think like I was talking about the physical parts of yourself. Are you feeling, um, heavy and weighed down and groggy and dizzy and nauseous and things like that in the morning. Uh, you know, what's funny for me is that my experience of hangovers through college were very stereotypical hangovers of, um, you know, hanging out in the bathroom and sleeping until 1 PM and, um, you know, binge drinking hangovers. Um, and what I found I have found now is that if I have say two glasses of wine and enough to, you know, through the evening and enough to make me super tired, I'm not waking up needing to go to the bathroom or like lay in bed and I'm completely out. But I find that what happens is I might have some like low lying nausea or I'm super groggy. My eyes are puffy and I'm just dragging the whole rest of the day. That's a hangover. So even though it's not a hangover when you were 19, I'm sorry, 21 in college, it's still a hangover. So really listen to your body and recognize like, okay, this is too much. Um, I want you to also think about if you're doing any defensive behaviors like projecting, minimizing, or deflecting. So what that might look like is with projecting, you might be, um, oh, let's think. Uh, well, let me, I don't want to sit here and have you thinking about listening to me think. Minimizing is saying things like, um, well, I only have, you know, I only have two, but it's throughout the whole night or I don't get drunk or those types of things. Um, I, or saying like, I only want red wine. I don't drink other drinks. So I must not be an alcoholic because I only want one type of drink. Those kinds of things are, really minimizing what might be going on. Uh, and then deflecting. So saying things like, but so-and-so drinks this much, but you drink that much, but it's pointing it out to other people and deflecting and, and putting it on to other things. Um, so really think about if you're engaging in those defensive behaviors. I find that I would do that a lot when I'm in a moment of like, I know I'm drinking too much right now. I would really minimize, deflect, um, and I would also, I think I would, I, th- I would project a little bit into what I'm talking about with like the shaming from our culture right now of saying like, well, I think that it's gone too far and there's too much shaming. So it's okay that I like, that's just their stuff. <laughs> 
it's okay for me to drink. So really focus inward on you and don't worry about what anyone else is doing or what culture is saying. Your body knows what it wants and what it needs and what it doesn't want and shouldn't have. Your body is not going to lie to you. So it's really a matter of connecting in with your own intuition and understanding what's going on. And something that has happened for me, um, So I have been uh, in a business mentoring group with this phenomenal woman named Brianna Rose, and she teaches a business program, a business course with conjunction of utilizing kundalini yoga. Um, She's very energetically driven, which is my speed. Um, So check her out. A little unplanned plug for her. Um, But what I found is as I've been practicing kundalini, I no longer feel so much of a need to drink. And it's not, there was when, when I go through phases of like, okay, I'm going to try and like not drink so much. It's really hard for me and it feels bad and difficult. And what I have found is after doing like several months of Kundalini, I don't feel the need for it. And I'm finding myself pouring a glass because I really want to taste the wine. I want to pair it with my dinner. I want to sit and relax with my husband. I want to wind down in a healthy way at the end of a day. And it's not all the time. And, um, it's not every night and, but I'm also okay if it's three nights in a week or even four nights in a week that I don't feel the shame because I know that I'm really coming from a genuine, authentic place of understanding and knowing what my body needs. And through Kundalini, you are clearing blocks and clearing your aura and, um, stories that you hold within your body. So it's very woo-woo and energetically driven, but that's something I absolutely recommend for you that as you, however you work on you, whether it's in a very masculine, concrete way or through a very feminine, woo-woo, spiritual, energetic way or both, when you dig deep into those things, into those layers, you'll probably start to see yourself begin to engage in different behaviors. And that could also mean drinking less, that if you feel like you're drinking more, you might be um, numbing out or um, hiding a story that's trying to come up or a limiting belief or some type of emotion or anything like that that hasn't been dealt with. So I really recommend that no matter where you are on this spectrum, that you take time to really work on yourself and be healthy for you and not for other people. Be you and you you know, your body knows what it needs and what it doesn't need. So ask it, you know? And if your body's saying, no, I don't want to drink that much, listen to it and ask why and why am I doing this? Why am I giving my body this drink when it's telling me it doesn't want it? What is going on? And dig in curiously and not with judgment. And I feel like we speak with, to ourselves with such a harsh voice, like, you know, Aaron, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, you don't want another drink. Why are you doing it again? What is wrong with you? I feel like that's a story. That's a voice I would use a self-talk of what's wrong with you. Why are you doing this again? Why can't you, you have, you have such a problem that you can't go a night without a drink. I can't believe that you're like that. What are you showing your children, you know, I'm so mean to myself. So I really recommend that you, um, get rid of that self-talk, 
get rid of it. How would you speak to your child as they're a grown adult and they might be experiencing something like this? What would you say to them? Talk to yourself that way. Be kind to yourself. Be curious. Um, love yourself, come from a compassionate place. Like I was saying in the beginning that we need to hold a space of compassion and love for people who are trying to work through understanding if they're dealing with something that needs help, that they need support. And always remember that this isn't a black and white situation. We're not in a in a black and white alcoholism looks like this and doesn't look like this and you have a problem if it looks like this there's nothing that's black and white about this i think that this is very specific to every individual and recognize your triggers like do you get triggered seeing those memes do you get triggered when you see people talking about sobriety and how drinking is bad and um, feeling shame for yourself when you hear those things, because those triggers will help guide you in understanding what is going on. So I think I'm just going to leave it at that. And I hope that this conversation has helped, helped you either recognize like, okay, this is something I want to address in my life. And I feel like I can do it now with less judgment and fear and pain and shame and all of that. Um, and I just want to put the conversation out there to be honest. It's scary for me. It's really uncomfortable. And, um, but I think it's something that so many of us deal with and there's just so much shame around it and judgment that it's hard and it's hard. It's confusing to talk about because it's like, well, I don't know if this is a problem or not. And I don't have that answer, but check in with your intuition. Listen to your body. Don't compare yourself to other people's journeys and know that it's okay. Like it doesn't have to be you drink or you don't. That you know what your body wants and what it can have in a healthy way. So just check in with that. And if you feel like you need support on connecting with your intuition, that's something I talk a lot about in... Uh, my group, Same Boat Huddle. You can join us on Facebook. I also have a full module on this on my um, in my Create Your Best Life program, which is currently running. And if you feel like you want to be on a wait list or learn more about that when the next run goes out, you can get in touch with me. So all of my information is in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram at J. And as always, for anybody who listens, thank you so much. I just... I'm so filled with gratitude and joy and love for those of you who connect with me behind the scenes saying, I love your podcast. Thank you. Um, it just, it means everything. It's why I put this out there and just hope that I can support even one of you. So don't ever be shy to connect with me. And if you're loving this podcast, if you could leave a um, five-star rating and a review, that would be amazing because all of the Ratings and reviews I get help me spread out to more people who um, might need to hear any of these stories in these episodes. So I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have an awesome week. Mine has been off to a rough start, but um, I think that's okay because you only grow when you're uncomfortable, you know? So I hope all of you have an awesome week no matter what. Treat others the way you want to be treated, and I will talk to you all soon.